into the it's Tuesday the 20th of April. Welcome to our Afternoon Sport Deep Dive. I'm Tim Gilbert. I'm joined by my co-host Shane Lee. Shano, how are you, my friend? I'm great. School is back, Timmy. I can get back to doing my job. I can get back to watching sport. Get back to concentrating on what I do day in, day out, mate. The kids are back at school. You beauty. I don't know why they always take that extra day off. I think they do a fantastic <laughs> job, teachers, but good disgrace me. It's that last day where they absolutely turn, don't they? Anyway, back to the issue at hand. This is Afternoon Sport. And don't forget, if you follow us on Twitter or on Facebook, that is our afternoon sport page, you will be in the running to get the signed Spartan Rugby League ball by the Canterbury Bulldoggies. So we will draw that on Friday. Huge show today. Katie Brown, fascinating character, a rugby league journalist who debuted playing for South Sydney at the age of 28, knows a lot about the game. We're going to talk to Katie. Also on today's show, our editor-at-large, Rob Gilbert. There's a huge... Huge story in European football. Oh, boxing. Don't you love the trash talk, Shane? <laughs> or don't you love the trash talk? Tell me. Well, uh, Paul Gallen, I've always, I've always struggled with Paul Gallen um, as a footballer and, you know, he used to call himself a, a an origin great, and he, he lost most state of origins. But I tell you what, the guy can fight, um, and he stepped up, and he was carrying a goat around, and <laughs> and the trash talker started. But um, yeah, he's some good body blows. The boy can fight, and uh, I think that's that's what boxing's all about, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's going to be interesting to see what happens on Wednesday night. But they they they, they don't like each other, mm. and uh, there's been. St- Stacks of sledging, and look, a lot of this is obviously all part of the build-up, but uh, boy, oh boy, uh, I'm looking forward to this one. Now, Buddy Franklin out for a month at the Swans? Yep, it's um, it's a big loss, but I think it's um, it'll help the Swans a little bit because I think they're, they're two different teams with Buddy in the team and, and without Buddy. They clearly need Buddy. If they do make it right to the pointy end of the season in the top four and, and play the finals, they need Buddy because he kicked five in the weekend. He has the X factor. But I think they're a little bit lost, a little bit confused, these young guys, who to kick it to. Um, they were really, really clean and, and well coached in, in the early games without Buddy. So I think it'll, it'll, it'll sort of take a bit of pressure off them, uh, less expectations. But uh, he, he's a big miss. He's a superstar. Let's get him right and hopefully he'll be right for the end of the season. Yeah, well, they did go down to Richmond without him and they had the win. But uh, no as Isaac Heaney, of course, after his injury. So, look, they're starting to get, get a few injuries. Look, uh, look, a really important uh, ceremony yesterday with remembering Tommy Rodonicus at the Sydney Cricket Ground. Yeah, and I gave you quite a bit of thought, Timmy, on, on um, how to talk about Tommy Rodonicus and, and I suppose um, his passing. But, look, I, I think he's probably one of the last real Aussie battlers, right? And, and a guy who was outspoken and, and sort of, you know, wasn't afraid to say what he thought and, and and he was a sportsman. He got into punch-ups, but he was—he's a real passionate guy. And I think these days with the media and and social media, it's really really hard for sports people to be outspoken like that and to be real characters. So it is a sad day, and maybe it's a bit of a changing of the guard. But yeah, he's a big loss. He was a superstar, and um, people were really really thought about what he brought to the game of football and and more of that, people could relate to him. Yeah, some great tributes yesterday. He was a real trailblazer. There's little question of that. He played at halfback in the number seven, but he played more like a front rower off the footy field for all those years. He had a bunger in one hand and a beer in the other. He was, uh, he was just Tommy. That's who he was, a real trailblazer. And uh, look, they're different people, but our next guest would have to fit under the banner of trailblazer. Journalist, rugby league journalist, broadcaster who made her debut playing for South Sydney at the age of 
28. Fascinating, wonderful person and great character. Katie Brown, next on Afternoon Sport. Katie Brown, great to have you on the show. When did you fall in love with rugby league? Oh, I have to say when I was in high school and I started watching my boyfriend, so maybe like 2004. So that's quite a few years ago now. Tell us about your career because it's been so interesting, no less interesting than making a debut playing rugby league at the age of 28, but let's track it back for where it all began for you, the media, the sport. Tell us more. Okay, yeah, I think um, watching the Grafton Ghosties growing up was probably where it started and then I watched the Parramatta Eels because I did everything my cousin did and so he was a big Eels fan. But when I sort of left Grafton, I had a gap year and I started covering sport, never thought I could be a sports reporter, but then every sport I covered, I, I wanted to try. And uh, I tried Aussie Rules when AFLW aired because I saw the women playing it. And so then when I took the job down in Sydney three and a bit years ago at NRL.com, I thought, well, I can't get injured playing Aussie Rules, so I better start playing rugby league. <laughs> and I did. I I worked with Dean Witters and Tasha Gale actually for a bit at NRL.com and I just got this bug and I thought, I just want to try it. It'll be so good because then I'll know the game inside out and, you know, how hard can it be just getting battered and bruised week in, week out? Katie, it's, it's Shaney. I've got I've got three kids. Um, I've got two girls and a boy. Um, my daughter Zara's almost thirteen, and Abby's almost eleven, going on twenty two. But um, but it's so exciting for girls now who who can actually um, not only just play sport, but actually play sport for a living. What, what sort of year did you think it really changed for girls from a, from a professional sense? I reckon it changed possibly maybe only recently, two or three years ago when. Okay. I, I've started training with the South Sydney Rabbitohs, right? And um, I'm one of the oldest and I see these women who are in their early 20s and their teens and mm. they've never had to stop playing rugby league. Uh, and I love the way they think. I love that they they believe that they can be an athlete. It's the coolest thing because when I grew up, I never even dreamt of being an athlete because you couldn't get paid. It's got to be the first time that an NRL reporter has become a player. <laughs> Let's hope for you, Timmy. Yeah, yeah. Fifty-three might be a push, but I. Uh, what was it like when you turned up to South's training at the age of twenty-eight with no microphone and shoulder pads and a mouth guard? Oh man, it was so intimidating and also a bit strange because, of course, like the girls, I'd covered them for years. And so they were like, what's this journo doing here? And um, <laughs> Nellie Bell was one of the players. So she's uh, Cody Walker's partner. And she was thinking, oh, I've got to be careful what I say around you. And I said, honestly, like, I'll take my journo cap off and I'm your teammate here. Like, let's just keep it in-house. Because that's the tricky part. It's not that common to have a journo rock up and try and be a player. <laughs> no, not all. Now, as, as a journo, what were your thoughts on the storm on the weekend with this whole HIA issue and how they're sort of exploiting the rule? What are, you, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I talked about <laughs> this quite a bit today. Uh, I believe they should be fined because mm. I don't think it was in the best spirit of the game. And I know that this is not the first time, this is not the last time that a team's going to exploit the rules where possible. But I didn't have a problem with it until I saw Ken Munster run on then run back off, hold up the HIA card, then run back on. And I thought, all right, well, there you go. You're taking the tactical advantage. And I know you get a free interchange when it's foul play, but I thought 
protocol is 15 minutes for an HIA, not 27 seconds. Exactly. Yeah. When you look at the medical implications, this is this is not just playing around with tackling. This is not just playing the edges as far as I'm concerned. I agree 100% with you. There needs to be something done about it because uh, they are doing it. The rules are in place for, for the benefit, the safety and the health of the players. Now, Katie, how do you fit it all into a day? Like it's a long way from uh, the Grafton. Is it the Grafton Ghosts, the team that you were following? It's a long way like SEN, you're working with Vossi and the gang and tell us about your day. Yeah, so uh, it's pretty long. I try and fit in a nap somewhere, but I'm up generally <laughs> about 4, 4.30 and if Vossi's away, it's the 3.45 alarm and then I usually get home like 10, 30, 11, which is not bad. Uh, I don't know where my time goes in the middle because I'm doing jobs or appointments and then before you know it, I'm at four o'clock, got to be switched on to go to footy training for a few hours. Um, and then I'm like vibing. So I can't go to sleep until 9.30, which really ruins me for the next day. So I feel like it's, uh, if I had children or a partner, I'd be in big trouble because it cannot, I don't have any spare time. I have to be really selfish. <laughs> Welcome to my world. Hey, do you think, do you think the NRL is actually, um, doing a really good job, like marketing to uh, our female audience? Uh, oh, there's, they can always do more, right? Like yeah. I'm, I'm a female looking at a male sport and I, I try not to be that negative feminist. I try and be like an equalist, but, mm. uh, you know, I always think that there could be more done, particularly with the NRLW. It's still um, three rounds. They're hoping to have uh, the, the four teams still, but play each other twice this season. So that's a bonus, but um, there can always be more money and, and more players and more marketing sure. for sure. What was it like when Dean Witter said for the first time, Katie, come on, off the bench, Jersey 17, let's go play some football? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'd been training in the back row and he said, I said, what side? He said, no, nah, no, nah, just in the middle. I said, what do you mean in the middle? And I just ran on and I had that much adrenaline. I couldn't feel anything until after and I had this huge cork on my leg afterwards thinking, how am I going to walk the next day? <laughs> and then broke my nose in the second game. But oh, hey, still you? smiling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, congratulations on everything you've achieved. And look, we'd love to have you uh, back on when you can find some time. And I'd like to hear more about the Grafton Ghosts. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me on. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, our editor at large, Rob Gilbert. Boy, he's got some world game to unstitch in Europe. That's a massive story. Play Sport is calling Game On for a new way to play, a free platform to explore and be inspired to connect to thousands of sport, rec and well-being activities in your community. Just go to playsport.com. Play Sport, whatever moves you. All right, it's time to talk to our editor-at-large, Rob Gilbert, and of course, his brief is the World Game, AFL. Well, let's talk about the World Game to start with, Rob. Quite incredible news out of European football with what we've read today, that some of the world's biggest clubs have announced a breakaway Super League. Is this actually going to happen? Yeah, it's one of the biggest stories in uh, in our lifetime, isn't it, uh, Timmy, Shane? Uh, the... Um the story's been bobbling along in the background for some time now. The uh, the big clubs that we're talking about in England, Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool, Manchester City and United, Spurs, had been talking with some of the European powerhouses, uh, AC Milan, Atletico Madrid, Barcelona, Inter Milan, Juventus, Real Madrid. So the, the issue at stake here is that UEFA generate around $3 billion a year in TV rights. And these 
big clubs, well, they know, and everybody knows that the uh, the mega clubs are the ones who the uh, the TV companies pay the big rights for. But it seems these mega clubs uh, have missed the point that it takes some other clubs in every other competition for them to exist at the level that they're at. Mm. The um, the discussions had been ongoing with UEFA to to make some changes to the Champions League. Uh, these clubs they they wanted more uh, of a guaranteed share of the revenue split. They wanted uh, more uh, certainty around uh, their appearance because you, you look at Spurs, they've built a, a mega stadium and they need to be playing in that top flight to to underwrite the, the costs of, of appearing in that stadium. So the reality of it is uh, it's all about business, if anybody was under any illusion that it was anything else, but it has blown up deluxe in every single one of the countries where any of the clubs are involved and also the other countries where they're not. Yeah, well, we've seen disruption in you know, in World Series cricket here in, you know, in the 70s in Australia. We've seen it We've seen it now in, in the whole music industry where now artists can actually run their own show that they don't need to be signed by, say, the Sonys of the world. When there's a lot of money involved, mate, disruption is going to come and it's obviously coming thick and fast now. Yeah, it is. And uh, and in so many other sports, hasn't it happened? We've seen it in, in rugby yep. league. Uh, we've seen it in rugby union. Uh, the AFL to a lesser extent, but the, the club's pretty much voted to hand over the uh, the power to the AFL commission. Obviously, the NFL, baseball, you name it, it's happened everywhere. And, and the word disruption, it, it, is it is it just history evolving? And are we seeing history in front of our, our eyes? A century and a half of, of organised football in a fashion that uh, we've come to, to know and love it. But um, the, the situation you've got here is that uh, the, the clubs that we're talking about in England, for example, sake, none of them are owned by Englishmen. At the moment, you've got four of these clubs that are owned by Americans, one by a Russian oligarch and one by an Arab oil billionaire. So, you know, the uh, selling your soul to these clubs to fund their growth and rise to these billionaires, there's always going to be a payday because as we've already discussed and everyone else who's talking about this topic around the world knows, they have no concern other than making money. And uh, uh, I guess the question is, is is it going to happen? Is this uh, a game of brinksmanship? Yeah, I think so. Where they're forcing UEFA to the table to to uh, ensure that they get what they wanted, the, uh, the p- potential for these clubs to to play. And there's talk about another five clubs qualifying uh, from all of the other competitions. But you know the uh, the Germans, the Bund- the Borussia Dortmund, who are one of the two big uh, uh, clubs in the Bundesliga, uh, along with Bayern Munich, have already announced that they won't participate under any circumstances. And the German ownership model of clubs is unique in world in world football in that. The members have a real say on this. So uh, there's Belgium is the number one country in the world right now. They've just uh, joined with the Dutch to create the Benelux League. None of the Belgian or the Dutch teams, Ajax, the mega club from Holland, not invited either. Mm. Now, Rob, just quickly, uh, big news at Spurs. Uh, Jose Mourinho sack. Yeah, literally uh, breaking as we speak. So Jose, uh, he's uh, won trophies at every club. I mean, people consider him to be a failure at Manchester United, but he still won two trophies there, mm. the um, the, uh, the Europa League, one of them. And uh, he uh, was meant to be taking Spurs to the League Cup final, the Carabao Cup final this weekend against City. But uh, Daniel Levy, the chairman, obviously headed that one off at the pass, thinking that, uh, look, I want to get rid of Jose. Uh, I can't let him beat uh, Pep Guardiola's Manchester City this weekend at Wembley, so I better sack him first. So uh, the uh, question is, look, they, they brought back Christian Bale as a big sugar hit, bit of a sugar hit. Uh, they've got the um, the England striker, Harry mm. Kane, uh, who is an amazing player. But uh, players like Deli Alley, I remember going, 
going to Stamford Bridge and seeing Spurs break a 28-year drought against Chelsea back in 2018. He was on the top of his game, one of the best English players uh, in the competition at the time. But under Jose, he's just drifted off and uh, and their relationship is totally broken down. So uh, Jose had them sitting seventh on the ladder, probably not going to qualify for Europe under the old guys, put the Super League aside. So, uh, yeah, Jose uh, is uh, proof positive that there are two kinds of coaches, those who are sacked and those who are about to be sacked. Now, Rob, the AFLW, um, everyone was tipping Adelaide Crows to go to get to the third premiership, but Brisbane knocked them off, winning their first premiership. What a great grand final. Yeah, it was great. And uh, and it's uh, a, a, an incredible story, this uh, AFLW that just rose uh, um, like a, you know, a mushroom overnight. Um, but uh, the... Rose like a phoenix. Well, it wasn't from the ashes. So phoenix the mushroom. The mushroom sort of just grows overnight. That was my analogy mm. there. I'm going to stick okay. Um, so uh, yeah, the the, um, the, uh, the Brisbane Lions uh, they uh, they well had to go to Adelaide um, uh, pretty much well not as full house as they've had at AFL W Grand Finals in the past and uh, but certainly a hostile crowd and uh, and got the job done so it's it's a great story for for women's AFL and, and the growth and rise but look there's there's plenty of uh, stories to, to go on there's the disruption to use your word there Shane uh, internally that uh, Nicole Stevenson former swimming champion is the boss there and uh, the pressure is on her to, to come up with a, a, a game plan to uh, to continue the growth and rise of women's AFL in this country to uh, to full professionalism so uh, yeah that's a story that we're going to watch and you know just hopefully they, they don't uh, um, disrupt the uh, competition too much uh, and, uh, and and affect the growth uh, it's important to you know, take the pace at a reasonable level because, uh, you know, Roman was not built in a day. No, absolutely. Now, there's plenty of uh, news in the A-League with Melbourne victory coach Grant Brebner-Sachs. So it almost looks like uh, it's going to be Western Sydney Wanderers playing against a team uh, with a coach that coached them earlier on this year. Yeah, absolutely. So victory, obviously, one of the mega clubs of the two uh, biggest clubs in the competition, Sydney FC, Grant Brebner, club champion. Uh, he was appointed coach reluctantly by Anthony DiPietro the chairman uh, got absolutely towed up. Uh, they were one man down, but that still doesn't ju- justify a 7-0 result and Jamie McLaren scoring five goals. Uh, it's just a downright embarrassment. Uh, there's a lot going on at that club off the field that needs to be sorted out. Uh, Steve Keen uh, is the interim coach and uh, it'll be interesting to see how they, they bounce back, but uh, I'm not expecting anything uh, against the Wanderers, mate. I think Carl Robinson uh, is going to walk away with three points and uh, it's just going to get worse before it gets better at victory. Good on you. Robbie, uh, as always, uh, comprehensive and boy, oh boy, we'll watch this story out of Europe with interest. Yeah, we will. Thanks, Timbo. Thanks, Shane. See you, boys. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. We'll be with you Monday to Friday every week. Hit subscribe on your podcast app so you don't miss it. A big thank you goes to Katie Brown today, also to Rob Gilbert. Thank you to our wonderful sponsor, Shane. Yes, Spartan Sports, www.spartansportshq.com. And our brilliant producer, Dan McHugh. Thank you. We'll see you tomorrow. We'll see you then, guys. Take care.